The events of the Lord of the Rings book transpire in less than a year, but what a packed year it was when the events of the First, Second, and nearly all of the Third Age culminate in the overthrow of Sauron, the return of the king, and the journey of a hobbit and his friend to Mount Doom in Mordor. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's check the map so we know where we are for today's story. If none of this makes sense, feel free to listen to a previous episode or two to catch back up. We continue our exploration of Appendix B of The Lord of the Rings, known as The Tale of Years. We've covered the major events of the Second Age and of the first 3,000 years of the Third Age. At this point in The Tale of Years, Tolkien switches from giving high-level summaries of the years to going month by month from April 3018 to March 3019. These years, 3018 and 3019, Tolkien called The Great Years because it was the final chapter on the great saga we have been exploring. Simply put, the War of the Jewels and the War of the Ring. Now, before we get into the details of the great years, I have two notes. Number one, if you've attempted to read The Lord of the Rings before, but you've gotten lost in the plot, subplots, and detailed descriptions, these pages in the appendix are a great trail guide. In just a few minutes, you can zip through the six months or so that Tolkien writes about in the actual novel. And number two, another great resource is Karen Winfonstad's The Atlas of Middle-Earth. In particular, there's a two-page spread on page 172 that shows the movements of all the major characters, from the hobbits leaving Bag End on September 23rd, to Rivendell, to Moria, to Lothlorien, to the breaking of the Fellowship, and more, all the way to Minas Tirith and Mount Doom. This pathway map is a work of genius and provides a great scale to the story. I honestly cannot recommend this resource enough. And if you'd like to purchase it from Amazon, I have a convenient link in the show notes. The Great Years begin with Gandalf, arriving in Hobbiton on April 12th. In June, Osgiliath is attacked by Sauron, and Gollum escapes from Thranduil's custody. On July 4th, Boromir starts journeying to Rivendell from Minas Tirith. One week later, on July 10th, Gandalf is imprisoned by Saruman at Isengard, but he escapes three months later in September. He tries to get back to the Shire in time to help Frodo, but is beaten by four of the Nazgul, who arrive in the Shire on September the 23rd. By chance, however, Frodo had left that very day. While the hobbits are in the Old Forest, they spend a few nights in the care of the mysterious Tom Bombadil, but Gandalf is racing between the Shire and Bree, trying to find them. For example, on September 29, Frodo arrives at Bree, but Gandalf has barely made it to the Shire and visits Sam's dad, the Gaffer. The next day, September 30, Frodo leaves Bree with Strider in the morning, but Gandalf arrives at Bree in the evening. And this close call happens multiple times, where Frodo and Gandalf are just barely missing each other on the road. But because Strider doesn't take the road, Gandalf actually gets ahead of the hobbits and arrives at Weathertop three days before they do. This explains a short interchange that Frodo and Strider have, where Frodo has found a white rock near Weathertop that has a rune for the letter G and three scratches, which Strider interprets as, quote, a sign that Gandalf was here on October the 3rd. That is three days ago now. And even before that, Frodo had observed during the night, quote, that far away there came a light in the eastern sky. It flashed and faded many times. Frodo was observing some confrontation between Gandalf and the Nazgul at Weathertop. 
Frodo is stabbed by a Morgul blade on Weathertop on October the 6th. Strider and the Hobbits press on, with Frodo arriving at Rivendell on October 20th and waking again on October the 24th, as Gandalf says in the Fellowship movie. That same day, Boromir arrives in Rivendell, and the Council of Elrond begins on October the 25th. Two months later, on December 25th, quote, the Company of the Ring leaves Rivendell at dusk. Now, I don't think this date was a coincidence. December 25th is when the Christian world celebrates Christmas, or the birth of Jesus Christ. Tolkien, a devout Catholic, may have seen some symbolic application to this date. In a Christian worldview, Christ left the safety of his kingdom to come to this world of chaos and save humankind from the great enemy of sin and death. Now, Tolkien was no fan of direct allegory, but I think there's a parallel meaning. Frodo, Aragorn, Gandalf, and company leave the safety of Rivendell to journey through a world of chaos to save the free peoples of Middle-earth from the great enemy Sauron and his domination. And since Christmas is just a couple of days away from the launch date of this episode, I would like to wish all my Christian brothers and sisters a very Merry Christmas. The company passes the new year on the road, reaching the land of Holland on January 8. Holland is the common tongue name of the region that the elves once called Eregion, which is where Celebrimbor crafted the Rings of Power. On January 13th, the company enters Moria, and two days later, Gandalf falls from the Bridge of Casa Doom on January 15. On January 17, the company arrives at Cadaskelet Horn in Lothlorien, but Gandalf is pursuing the Balrog, finally defeating him on January 25th before he passes away. One month later, on February 16, the Fellowship leaves Lothlorien, but had they stayed just one more day, they would have been reunited with Gandalf, as Gwarhir, the eagle, bore a reincarnated Gandalf to Lothlorien on February 17. But on February 25th, the company passes the Argonoth, and Theoden's son, Theodred, dies in the first battle of the Fords of Isen. The aftermath of this battle is shown in the Two Towers movie, I think in the extended edition only though. The Fellowship parts ways on February 26th, with Frodo and Sam heading east, Merry and Pippin captured by orcs, Boromir slain, and Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli pursuing the orcs in the evening. So if you're keeping track, Frodo left Bag End only five months ago, and fast forward, the ring will be destroyed on March 25th, which is one month after the breaking of the Fellowship. So the bulk of the Fellowship of the Ring book entails about five months of action, whereas the Two Towers and Return of the King both contribute to one month of story time. So much is packed into that month, March of 3019 of the Third Age. Not only does the story follow the ring as Frodo takes it east, but the story follows the diverging yet intertwined storylines of Aragorn as he returns as king, and Merry and Pippin and their contributions to Rohan and Gondor. Yet all of these stories, and their respective timelines, were painstakingly calculated by Tolkien. His attention to detail in the timeline is one of the characteristics that sets apart Lord of the Rings from other fantasy works. So many epic stories are packed into such a tight time frame. So let's explore March of 3019 of the Third Age. On March 1, Frodo meets Gollum at the Dead Marshes, and Aragorn meets Gandalf the White. The Battle of Helm's Deep begins on March 3rd. March 10th is known as the Dawnless Day. A lot of things happen that day. Rohan musters its cavalry to go to Gondor's aid. Gandalf rescues Faramir from the failed attempt to retake Osgiliath. Aragorn is racing across southern Gondor with the army of the dead behind him and Frodo passes the crossroads on his way to the Morgul Vale. On March 11, Lorien is attacked from a force of orcs out of Dol Guldor. Two days later, Frodo is captured in Cirith Ungol. On March 15, Rohan charges into the western flank of the orcs that besiege Minas Tirith. Theoden dies in battle. Eowyn defeats the Witch King. Aragorn brings the Black Fleet out of the river on the eastern edge of the battle. And Legolas' father, Thranduil, 
repels the forces of Dol Guldur in battle in the forest of Mirkwood, while Lorien is attacked a second time. The host of the west marches for Mordor, while Frodo and Sam make their way to Mount Doom. On March 22nd, they turn south from the road, and Lorien is assaulted a third time. Finally, on March 25th, quote, the host is surrounded on the Slag Hills. Frodo and Samwise reach Samoth Naur. Gollum seizes the ring and falls into the cracks of doom. Downfall of Barad-dûr and passing of Sauron. At this point, Tolkien shifts back from giving specific dates to more of a summary of various activities. Quote, After the fall of the Dark Tower and the passing of Sauron, the shadow was lifted from the hearts of all who opposed him, but fear and despair fell upon his servants and allies. Lorien had repelled the forces of Dogledor three times, clearly because of the power of the Lady Galadriel. Celeborn led an army of elves from Lorien and took Dogledor. Quote, and Galadriel threw down its walls and laid bare its pits, and the forest was cleansed. Let's note that Galadriel threw down the walls of Dogledor on her own, very similar to the story of Luthien, the elf maiden of the First Age, who used her power of song to tear down the walls of Sauron's tower and free Baron, her mortal love. Further north, Thranduil had fought against the orcs. As his forces pushed south, they met with Celeborn and his army coming north, quote, and they renamed Mirkwood Erin Lasgalin, the Wood of Green Leaves. In the far north, Sauron's forces had succeeded in pushing the men of Dale and the dwarves of Erebor into taking refuge in the Lonely Mountain. But after Sauron's fall, quote, the besieged came forth and routed the orcs there. Dane Ironfoot, Thorin Oakenshield's cousin, died in battle, so his son Thorin III became king under the mountain. The realms of Dale and Erebor were ever in friendship with the crown in Gondor. Now, you would think with Sauron's fall that that would mark the end of the Third Age. After all, the First Age ended with the overthrow of Morgoth, and the Second Age ended with the first overthrow of Sauron and the drowning of Numenor. But the Third Age endured a little while longer, and Tolkien gave us some chief events of the Fourth Age finally ending with the forever breaking of the Fellowship of the Ring. But we'll get to that after this break. We're not done yet. If you like this episode, please leave a review and share with your friends. And remember to subscribe if you haven't already. We'll be right back. You can be the hero of your own Marvel Comics adventure. Marvel Strike Force is an extraordinary mobile game a haven for comic book enthusiasts and gamers alike. Lead your own fellowship of heroes and villains to battle against the forces of darkness that threaten the very fabric of the universe. From the menacing Doctor Doom to the formidable Apocalypse, every battle is a chance to prove your mettle. And right now, Marvel Strike Force is commemorating its six-year anniversary. That means free rewards await those who heed the call and sign up today. With weekly events and bonuses, this anniversary celebration promises a treasure trove of special rewards. Rally your allies, sharpen your blades, and dive into the action of Marvel Strike Force today. Use code MAXPOOL to unlock free new treasures. That's code MAXPOOL, all one word, on the mobile game Marvel Strike Force. Now, back to wandering. Aragorn is crowned King Elisar on May 1st, 3019. On Midyear's Day, he weds Arwen in Minas Tirith. On August 22nd, the hobbits are returning to the Shire, and they take leave of the king. On September 22nd, Bilbo turns 129, and Saruman arrives in the Shire. Wait, what? If you're a movie-only fan, you may be surprised that Saruman did not end at Isengard. He actually escaped, and with Wormtongue made his way north. 
His goal was to corrupt the Shire, and he would have succeeded had not Frodo and the other hobbits returned, which they did on October 30th, and on November 3, 3019, they saved the Shire, quote, Battle of Bywater and Passing of Saruman, End of the War of the Ring. The year 3020 is known as the Great Year of Plenty. However, Frodo feels pain on March 13, one year after his being stung by Shelob, and on October 6th, anniversary of his stabbing by a Nazgul on Weathertop, Frodo falls ill. His life will forever be punctuated by these two anniversaries. The next year, 3021, or 1421 by Shire Reckoning, historians in Gondor mark the end of the Third Age on March 25th and the beginning of the Fourth Age. Many of the Hobbit children born in the Shire in this year were born with golden hair, a very rare occurrence for Hobbits. On March 29, quote, Frodo and Bilbo depart over sea with the Three Keepers, the end of the Third Age. On April 6th, Sam returns to Bag End and utters the final words of the Lord of the Rings, quote, Well, I'm back. But we're not done yet. Sam is elected mayor of Hobbiton seven times, Peregrine Took becomes the Thane, and Mary Brandybuck becomes the Master of Buckland. All three offices are made counselors to King Elisar. In 1482, Shire Reckoning, Sam's wife Rosie dies. Sam passes the Red Book, which contains the whole of Bilbo and Frodo's stories, to his daughter and rides to the Grey Havens, where he, quote, passed over sea, last of the ring bearers. Merry and Pippin pass their titles and offices to their children and ride to Minas Tirith to abide with King Elisar. After their deaths, they are laid to rest in honor among the kings of Gondor. On March 1, 1541, King Elisar dies. Legolas builds a ship and with Gimli sets sail for the west. Quote, when that ship passed, an end was come in Middle-earth of the Fellowship of the Ring. Let's recap by reviewing the fates of the Keepers of the Rings of Power and the members of the Fellowship of the Ring. Gollum, longest Keeper of the One Ring, fell into the lava of Mount Doom. Sauron, temporary Keeper of the One Ring, was overthrown when the One Ring was destroyed. That ended the remaining Nazgul as well. Elrond, Galadriel, and Gandalf, the Keepers of the Three, passed into the West with Frodo and Bilbo. Several years later, they were followed by Samwise. Of the remaining members of the Fellowship of the Ring, Boromir died in battle, Merry and Pippin later died at Minas Tirith, and Aragorn also passed. Legolas and Gimli, the remaining Fellowship members, also passed into the West. Maybe this episode felt a little too much like history class, but to me, the detail here is what makes the Lord of the Rings make so much sense. And it's one of the things that Amazon's Rings of Power gets so wrong. The timing and pacing of that show are off-putting and confusing. Which is sad, because I credit these carefully produced timelines as being one of the key indicators of Tolkien's mastery in the craft of storymaking. Thanks for wandering Middle-earth with me today. My friends, if you enjoyed this episode, let me know by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing with your friends. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Lore of the Rings Podcast. For feedback on the show, please email me using the link in the show notes. Until next Thursday, remember, not all those who wander are lost. <laughs>